0: The Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language. Thank you for joining us. This is another great episode of the Diesel Performance Podcast, and I'm joined by Chris Emke today. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, Danny.
1: Uh, You know, Paul had some uh, things to do today, so I decided to take his spot.
0: But we get to talk to Anthony Reams, man. Yeah,
1: no, this is, uh, his truck's been something I've been following over, you know, the last couple years, being, uh, you know, big with the coming stuff. And, you know, I'm excited to, you know, kind of pick his brain and talk about the evolution of his truck and, you know, what he's done over the years.
0: Well, Anthony, welcome. How are you today?
2: Very good. How are you guys? Thanks for having
0: me. Thanks for coming. I know you're busy. You're probably trying to get ready for the big show coming up. Right, right. The big fleece show.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. It's like uh, it seems like every weekend there's always something going on. So this weekend is uh police performance open house, and they're sled full. So I'm getting the as uh, soon as we're done here, I'm jumping in the truck and headed to Indiana.
0: Awesome, man. Well, let's get started. We always first start out by asking, how did you get into diesel performance?
2: Um. Just kind of, kind of luck to be honest. I had a friend uh, Matt Gilmore in Missouri who was uh, a diesel, diesel enthusiast, and a couple other buddies just from my small town in Owensville that uh, did stuff like that. Um, I just, you know, caught the bug, and it more or less just kind of took took its way and, and, and kind of went where it is. Uh, nothing, nothing in particular. I got a little money, buy my first diesel truck bought, you know, bought injectors, bought a turbo, started tearing parts up, and uh, just kind of went from there.
1: Let's talk about the uh, the XDP drag truck, as it's known as. You know, how did that truck get started, and how did it turn into the truck it is right now?
2: That got started when I was actually working for uh, AirDog. Um, I just kind of had a, a bug that I, I just wanted to go to drag race and try it out. Um, I'm from Missouri. A lot of sled pulling goes on here. Um, there's some drag racing, but it's it's not readily available like county fairs and things. But I uh, bought this truck from a buddy, uh, Will Jones. Got it going, you know, pretty quick. Wasn't wasn't actually supposed to be anything of the caliber kind of where, where it's went. Um, I mean, is it really it ever? Kinda,
1: what's that? Is it ever? Like when you get into a build like this, do you ever really think like this is going to be the end result? It always goes way yeah. out of budget, way too far.
2: Yeah, that's exactly. You know, that's exactly what happened with Flukele. And I pulled two six for one year, and then I wanted to go to Open Drive Line, and it just it spins out of control. And, and this was no different. I got the truck. tried to whip something together. You know, just kind of have a little fun. Um, ended up actually uh, going to work for XDP, um, and things got a little more serious. So um, each and every year we, we set goals. Uh, we try and get faster. Or we get more consistent. Um, and and we're going to continue to do that. And I would say, uh, as long as you see that truck out, and, and I'm I'm the owner of it, and XCP is the sponsor of it, um, it'll be taken pretty serious.
1: No, definitely. I mean, always having, you know, a truck at this caliber and having some backing from some serious, you know, companies in the industry, which I know you do, you know, it does go a long way. Um, I remember when I saw that truck for the first time two years ago at the XDP open house, you know, it was a mechanical injected, you know, 12 valve motor, I believe, uh, you know, big set of, you know, maybe, maybe was it twins at that point? Uh, I know that yeah. you had triples on yeah. it last year.
2: Yeah, twins the first year. Yeah. Uh, i had never been down the drag strip in my life um you know <laughs> before i started this truck so um you know there was a lot of people like you know what what do you want to do i'm like i want to go nine and they're like are you crazy in your first year and you've never been down the drag strip I'm like look there's one way to uh, get used to it and just go out and do it so
1: that's awesome we
2: somewhat started mild i guess you could say but but yeah, just just wins the first year. Uh, okay. Last year was the triple
1: setup. Um, at the end of last year, you know, again going back to the mechanical injected, you know, we're talking dinosaur ages at this point. You know, mechanical injection P pump motors have been around for years. Um, at the end of last year, did I not see that motor for sale all over Facebook and different social media?
2: I thought I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was for sale, and it, it actually it, it finally did sell. Okay. I, uh, gave that thing away almost you know oh, I, I sold the whole i mean basically the guy needs the transmission in the truck i sold him the chargers i sold him the intercooler uh, i mean the entire setup well, um where all he had to do was bolt it up fuel i mean the everything um he he just needs to install it and and go race and he's ready to roll so i think that it was me. uh it was a tough decision to kind of get rid of it i had a lot of lot of sentimental value you know kind of being my first first drag motor and things like that but uh everything evolved the common rail stuff coming along pretty well um my sponsors sell a lot more common rail items versus mechanical stuff so i had to kind of put my uh, personal love for the mechanical 12 valve um the side and kind of move
1: forward so and that was going to be my next question you know why why transfer or why switch over from the mechanical motor you know 12 valve they're known for you know being really serious hot rod motors switching over to the common rail stuff you know again i know you do a lot with fleece you know xdp a couple other you know the the bigger vendors that you work with uh let's talk about the setup right now you know what do you have under the hood of that you know second gen dodge uh
2: this year we went to a six four fleece comp motor um Ben Shaddy at Dunright Diesel does all the tuning. Um, I'm kind of sitting back, kind of learning this year. Uh, i did not uh, not well-rounded in the common rail side of things yet, So when we got this serious with that kind of a build, um, I'm going to kick back and do some learning this year before I you know, put my opinion in too much. But <laughs> um, run a set of twins again this year. Uh, we got BD uh, injection pumps or 12 millimeter injection pumps. Just running dual pumps right now. Okay. Um, not we're really not that crazy on the horsepower side of things we're, we're going really fast right now we're not crazy on the horsepower side of things but we're we're also having some setup issues so we're kind of riding a little bit of luck got a lot of nagging nagging things slowing us down but we're getting closer and closer every event uh, police has a truck right now um fine-tuning a couple things changing suspension again trying to get that thing settled down it's, it's almost like that truck is it, within the race industry, all my buddies like to uh, remember that truck for how bad it hopped off the line. It gets a lot of attention there, so I'm trying to uh, trying to change that and let it let it be known because it's fast, not because it bounces all over the place when we leave the line.
1: I mean, it's a learning experience. It's a learning curve as you move forward as well.
0: We would definitely yeah, want to know yeah. more. We want to know more about that, Anthony. But one moment, so we can hear from our sponsors. Hi, this is Nick with Calibrated Power Solutions.
2: We're breaking new ground in the turbocharger market with our Stealth series. The Stealth 64 is a perfect replacement for any stock turbocharger on any year Duramax. The 64 millimeter compressor wheel adds at least 80 rear wheel horsepower on a stock fuel system while maintaining stock drivability and excellent spool up. The Stealth 64 also helps maintain lower EGTs under heavy loads, especially useful for you guys pulling. If you're looking to upgrade or replace your stock turbocharger, check out the Stealth 64. Perfect balance between power and drivability in a drop-in stock-appearing turbocharger. For more information, check out DuramaxTuner.com or give us a call at the office at 815-568-7920. And we're back. We always have great
0: commercials, don't we, Chris? Oh, always. Always my favorite part of the podcast. (laughs) I bet. I can sense the sarcasm. But definitely, uh, (laughs) it is nice that uh, Calibrated Power does put this on, so we're able to talk to guys like Anthony Reams and kind of pick his brain and see what's going on, but speaking of picking your brain, you go, you went from AirDog, you said earlier, over to uh, XDP. Did you ever get a chance to sit in the uh, driver's seat of that big monster truck at uh, AirDog? No, no, Dave.
2: Uh, they're still around. That's, that's now the XDP monster truck, but it's kind of weird how everything works. Dave and I are, are personal friends. We've known each other since before he had the monster truck. So, um, it's, it's cool being close with Dave, getting to chat with him, but I've never got to sit, you know, sit my butt in the seat quite yet. We've kicked around swapping trucks here and there, but schedule wise, it just, just never seems to to meet up. He's, he's real busy. He, He literally lives on the road. Um, I I'm on the road a lot, but but so I've got a three-year-old and a wife. I'm, I'm in a hurry to get back home. So, unfortunately, even, even with the opportunity to get to play in a monster truck, uh, choose to be at the house.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Family guy at its best. And I'm yeah. sure your family appreciates that because you are probably gone a lot, and that means a lot. And that's why we're talking to you. We uh, really respect what you do out there because we know the commitment it takes to do the things that you're doing. But as far as some of your achievements, uh, what can you tell us about some of the things that you're doing in nhrda Are you, are you doing anything big out there? What's, uh what's cooking with you?
2: Yeah, this this year's kind of been, uh, you know, we we came out of the gate pretty hot this year. Uh, very first pass on the truck, uh, we went nine fourteen, and one hundred and fifty three eighty nine, in Tulsa, which is our first pass and. You know, we, we knew coming in this year, we knew we were going to be fast. We we knew we were going to take a look at the records. We weren't sure how how much we could, how close we could get, or how far we could beat it. You know, but we we knew we were going to be in the hunt. And immediately, we put a tent um, on the ET record and a mile per hour on Rob's uh, mile per hour record. So. You know, it was kind of an eye-opener right off the bat. It was something that we we wanted. And and kind of like a side note on the record, you know, Ben and I discussed how cool would it be to go out and knock both records down in the same path. Uh, A lot of people, you know, get the ET record or get the mile-per-hour record, but doesn't usually happen in the same path. Um, We came out in Tulsa, very first pass, um, and got both, you know, we, we outran both national records. Um, so, so it's, it's really kind of, you, you know, it was kind of like, it, it's on now, you know, season started first pass out. It's time to take it real, real serious. You know, shakedown pass was, was record time. So, you know, it's, it's kind of game on now. So we've been, we've been taking it real serious, which it's, you know, creates a lot, a lot of work, you know, making sure everything's good. We've had a lot of nagging issues, um came out the very next event in denver um uh, broke the mile per hour in ET again, but weren't able to back them up at either event just a lot of little nagging issues we want records um you know we want to set the world on fire but we also want to win um that's important to us too so we kind of come out hot at the event and qualifiers we went number one qualifier but but the big picture is, is to get wins, and, and that's what we've done. Um, had a little nagging issue with Tulsa, um, ended up going to finals, um, taking second. Um, but Denver, the big, the big for the year, uh, Randy Cole at NHRBA put up $5,000 to win. Um, we went out there and we got the win there. So, I mean, um, congratulations. so far so good this year.
1: I think as you, you know, grow and like you said, the truck's back at fleece right now for some, some spe- uh, suspension work, things like that, you don't want the, tra- the the truck to hop on the line, you know, as, as time progresses, you know, that, that mile an hour will go up, that quarter mile time will go down and, you know, you'll be able to grow and, and get the truck where your, uh, you know, end goal is and, you know, be able to set the world on fire, right?
2: Yeah, that's, uh, St. Louis is my next race uh, for NHRDA July 9th and, you know, that's my home track. I'm from Missouri, so... I feel like we're, you know, we're, we're too in. We know we can make power. We know we can go fast. Now we're fine tuning the little stuff. Um, so we're making some changes. Um, going to a totally new tire um, in the whole nine yards for uh, St. Louis. So I'm um, pretty optimistic. Uh, I trust the people that I've surrounded myself with. Um, you know, the knowledge and the power and, and things like that. Um, they they get the credit on that side of things this year. Honestly, I, I'm the driver. Uh, i I, get, I i take the credit for how does it feel how do i need to leave the line to settle this thing down to get us through the event um but but you know chase Lee and ben shatty are are really the masters of, of making the power so we okay. uh we hope saint louis is going to be a big one so we're gonna we're we're in the hunt for that first second, and uh Eight-second pass in that Super Street truck, so we're that's what we're looking to do in
0: St. Louis. Keep your eye on the prize. That's awesome. But as far as mentally preparing yourself, I always like to dig into this because I always get mentally intimidated when I'm when I'm racing street. I don't care; it's a easy street race. You know, you're there there's no pressure you only pay 30 bucks to get in and you can still have a problem and it's usually something that you overthink it you overdo something but what is uh the biggest hurdle for you to prepare uh mentally for an event like that
2: you know i'm just just trusting my guys um i i can't afford a a crew so there's a lot of times that that i'll go i'll go racing and i'm by my. um Sometimes uh, you know Ben's available, and if Ben's available, I'll fly to an event. Um, if it wasn't for him being in Denver, we we wouldn't have made it through. We wouldn't have won that event. But I just I just trust that when I go to an event, if I'm by myself, I'm at least starting with a good truck that's fast. Do my job, get A to B, and and, and do the best we can. Um, when I, when I'm by myself, it it, it struggle sometimes. There's a lot of work to be done. There's some people just think you jump in the truck and. You know, you just go down there and shift the gears or put it in drive and, and hit the hit the pedal. But Sounds like you've been talking to Paul.
0: <laughs> 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 That's not even fair. He's not even here to back hey, himself up. He, that, he thinks drag racing and truck pulling is so easy. It's not. And when we talk to no, a guy I, like you, it's obviously not.
2: No, just, just all the little stuff, you know, remembering to turn this on or that on or, you know, don't call lock up too soon, you know, don't, don't right. short shift or, you know, too much boost. There's, there's a lot of things going through your mind. Um, this is my first year to kind of like take a step back and relax a little more going down the track. In previous years, I've never had a tack. I've never had any of that. I did everything just by the seat of my pants. I never had shift points, um, to tell me what I needed to do this year. Uh, they got me set up with a shift light. So, so that helps a little bit there. Um, so it's, you just you just got to stay calm. You, you can't worry about breaking. Uh, stuff's gonna break. Uh, that's that's what we do. I mean, it, we're out here pushing diesel pickup trucks. These these things were made to to haul hay, and we're trying to run 150, 160 miles an hour. Stuff's gonna break. You just accept it and, and move on. So my biggest worry before was if it doesn't break. I hope it doesn't break now. <laughs> That's just a part of life. It's going to break. It's a matter of when. Um, and, and you gotta, you got to do some preventative maintenance. You know, you don't want to just put something together and just run it till it breaks. Right. You know, overhead, little tiddly stuff needs to be checked. You know, check little bolts here and there. So just uh, that, that's the most relaxing part to me is just kind of accepting we're racing. This isn't what I need to get to my job uh, come Monday. Um, so just kind of going out there and, and treating it like a racetrack.
1: So I think one of the questions I'd like to ask as we shift gears a little bit, um, you had mentioned earlier in the interview, you know, talking about, you know, the old, you know, mechanical injected truck. You don't know how you really felt going common rail. Um, As the industry changes and time evolves, I mean, you've been in the industry for some time working for a couple of big companies. Um, You know, where do you see or how has the industry changed you and your outlook on uh, diesel performance and, you know, just more or less the diesel lifestyle with pickup trucks? You know, it's.
2: It's different in every every region, I guess. You know, as as far as you know the lifestyle. You know, out west you got you got people that that enjoy this look, In the Midwest we enjoy this look. Uh, you know, in the Midwest I feel like we're horsepower keys. Um, you know, and then out west, uh, you know, maybe they're they're a few years behind. It always seems like, but the common rail stuff. Um, is definitely front and center right now. Right. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of good engine builders out there that are making great power. Um, smoke free power is that um, I know that's a big that's a big deal out there. So com rail stuff is, you know, slowly gonna push, you know, the old mechanical stuff out, but, you know, I'm still uh I'm still on that old mechanical power wagon. <laughs> uh, the king of horsepower is still Still a good old 12,000,
0: in my opinion. Yeah, you and Chris are like brothers from another <laughs> mother. Jeez. I always tell
1: guys, you know, I've had I've had P-Pump trucks, you know, VP trucks, common rail trucks. They all have different characteristics to them and, and what they bring to the table. An older mechanical truck or even, you know, a lower horsepower VP truck, man, there's just something about them you just can't shake off sometimes.
2: Yeah, I'm, uh, I really love those trucks, too. They're, they're really simple and easy to work with. And I'm sure these new ones are as well. I just don't have as much experience, hands-on experience with them. But you know, when it comes to all-out horsepower, you take a look at you know, like what Hazley does in the sled pulling side of things, and, and what Shide does with with their monster horsepower in the dragster. Oh right. Um, they've they've got more left. It's you just can't apply it. So I mean, you can't take you can't take the biggest twelve out you know horsepower try and trying to apply it to drag racing quite yet. We're we're still evolving. We're we're still trying to figure everything out. Um, so the common rail side of things right now is, you know, kind of the ticket. So there's a few new trucks coming out, and I'm sure there's going to be some, some big, nasty 12-valve horsepower going to a two-wheel drive at some point, and, and we'll see how it all hangs. But it kind of seems like everybody jokes in, in the racing side of things, this is the year for the common rail, and we've all kind of made fun of the common rail guys for the last five years for saying that. But <laughs> Every year. Is, <laughs> Every year, pretty serious right now, so. We'll, we'll see where it all goes in the next couple of years. I'm sure somebody's not going to quite give up on the 12-valve uh, power just yet.
1: I don't think that the the old 12-valve, you know, mechanical-injected stuff is going anywhere anytime soon. I think that one of the big jokes, whether you're sled pulling or drag racing, is, yeah, this is the year of common rail, this is the year of common rail, and... Uh, You know, more or less, you know, it's growing. You know, I mean, we work for a tuning-based company. We know what common rail engines are capable of. But when we're talking, you know, competition use, it's really hard to get around that mechanical injected
0: stuff still. Yeah, when you said uh, you got to shake it off, you know. (laughs) But if you live in the Midwest and you have a second-gen or first-gen truck, the only thing you're shaking off is the rust, dude. (laughs) That's all we have over (laughs) here. No, definitely.
2: Yeah, the sled pulling side of things is, is the one that, that really shows that off uh you know when I first got into this stuff um being next to Kurt and Van Hazley and and Kent Crowder and Brad Ingram and those guys with 38 inch you know c pex bar tires and joking about holy cow you know it couldn't even turn those tires type of thing to to where we're at now these guys are making so much horsepower you know they walked them out um, you know, a hundred foot before they can even apply all their horsepower. Right. They've got too much horsepower for, for monster you know, monster cut tires. So it's it's crazy how it's evolved, but it's it's pretty neat. So you get to you get to sit back and take notes and, and apply it to your own setups and, and that's kind of what we've done too. So there's a lot of experts that I listen to. I'm not the expert in the, the power making field.
0: You got a nine second or faster truck depending on your setup of course but uh what kind of horsepower to the rear treads are you putting down
2: um right now we're running at about 1600 horse um we've got a few hundred more um we we're probably right there around that 2000 uh horsepower mark um we we don't run it there though because we can't get it applied right now so we're, we're just we're just we're happy where we're at um, and we'll try and apply some more um, as we go on right right now we know it's fast where it's at. we got got get set up down a little bit and then we'll start bringing in some more horsepower but you know we're about sixteen, seventeen hundred, 1700 but we can be somewhere around 19 and, and two thousand horsepower
0: well Anthony we uh, definitely have our eyes on you and our listeners I'm sure want to know how to get a hold of you how can they reach you on social media
2: Um. I've got a I've got my personal page Anthony Reams, um, and then I've also got uh, Anthony Reams Racing. Or, or, people are more than welcome to to email me, um, Anthony at xdp.com. Um And I enjoy working with everybody. So, anybody needs sparks, love to help them out with it.
0: That's awesome. Well, I know you got your sights on St. Louis. Good luck down there. That's your home track. We'll be definitely keeping an eye on you. But this has been another great episode of the Diesel Performance Podcast. I'm Danny Voss.
1: And I'm Chris Emke. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Anthony. Thanks, guys. Uh huh.
2: Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of DuramaxTuner.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated Power develops emissions equipped tunes for a wide variety of diesel power trains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out calibratedpower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. To reach out to the Diesel Performance Podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email paul at duramaxtuner.com or danny at duramaxtuner.com. We always have great commercials,
0: don't we, Chris? Oh, always. Always my favorite part of the podcast. (laughs) I bet.